today. Um, so after, right after the, the message, I want to give you guys that go along with what we're talking about, and then we'll do some announcements in just to remind you of on your way out. Deuteronomy chapter 6. I'm so thankful um, I've had the, the privilege to and uh, are saved. They know the Lord, and uh, they both serve in the ministry. And uh, actually, I've shared this before, um, everyone in my family, I mean, just my grandparents, aunts, uncles, cousins, uh, they all profess to know Christ. And um, most of them um, are, are in church today, not all of them. But uh, just so thankful for the, the Christian heritage that God has given me. Um, as I said before, you know, my dad is in the ministry. He's a, a lead pastor now in West Virginia. But when I was in the home growing up all the way through, he was a youth pastor, just like I am today. And uh, so he uh, just faithfully served the Lord. And uh, we truly did have a, a Christian home. And he and my mom served in the ministry together, uh, which I love. And I love seeing couples serve together and, and really, you know, just setting a good example for for me and for my wife. My wife grew up in a Christian home, and uh, we love serving the Lord together. I couldn't imagine, you know, doing uh, this life without her. And uh, she is such a help uh, to me and an encouragement to me. But, uh, you know, just thinking about growing up in a Christian home, uh, just the things that, that I observed, you know, and growing up as a kid, you don't you don't appreciate it. You don't really recognize it. But now that I'm older and I have a family, I can look back at my home and, and think, wow, there are a lot of things that, that I picked up on and uh, I wasn't even aware of it. And some things even that we find ourselves doing in our home that I, that I think, you know, my, my parents put in me at an early age. Um, you know, I'm just so thankful uh, to the Lord to have a Christian home. And, you know, when I think about a Christian home, uh, a Christian home has more to do with what you put into it than what you take out. Uh, just because you have Christian parents uh, doesn't mean you have a Christian home. And I think a lot of times when we think about a Christian home, it's all about, well, you know, we don't go to these certain places or maybe we don't watch these certain movies. And all of those things are good and all of those things have their place. But if, if you want to truly have a Christian home, it's more about what you put into it, right? The, are you worshiping? Together as a family, are you reading the Bible to your children? Uh, you know, is the gospel uh, present in your home? And so I want to I talk to you today about how to have a Christian home. And I think you would agree with me, we need more godly parents now more than ever. I mean, our world is just in a mess. You know, you look at the, the public school system and uh, just things that are happening uh, in the media and just and things that we consume and things that our kids are consuming. Uh, we just need Christian homes. We need Christian parents, godly parents, and, and grandparents. And you may say, well, I'm not a parent, but maybe you're a grandparent, or maybe you're a single parent, or maybe, maybe you're a future parent. Uh, but I want us to understand that God's plan to reach the world and God's plan to change the world is, is the home. I really believe that. Uh, that was plan A. I mean, I understand God blessed the nation, but he started with the nucleus of the family, right? It starts in, in the home, in the family unit. So I want to ask you a question this morning. Uh, how, how is your home? You know, just thinking about your home. How, how is your home? Is your home a, a sanctuary for God, or is it a feeding ground for Satan? Uh, is it a place of peace 
Or is your home chaotic? Uh, Is your home an equipping center for maturity? Or is it a stumbling block for defeat? And so I just want us to think about our home because I think we can learn a lot this morning about how we should build our homes and really how God has designed a home to reach the world. So here's what I want to do. I want to challenge you as parents and grandparents, future parents, whoever, to drive a spiritual stake in the ground today and understand that we can't change the past, okay? And I know when I bring up this this topic of a Christian home and being Christian parents, some of you are already discouraged, right? Some of you may be thinking, you know, it's too late. I've already messed up. Listen, we learn from the past, okay? We can't change the past, but we can change the present. And so I don't want you to be discouraged. I don't want you to think that way. Uh, I really want to energize you this morning. I want to encourage you and in just a few moments give you an opportunity to really drive a stake in the ground to say, you know what, from, from this day forward, we are going to be the, the best parents, the best grandparents that we can be, and, and we want to honor the Lord. And so um, I know whenever you hear about parenting as well that there are a lot of different emotions in the room. Uh, some of you may say, I don't have any children. You know, we were never, never able to have an opportunity to have children. Or maybe you have a prodigal. Um, you know, maybe you've lost a child. So I understand there are a lot of emotions here. But really, as we look at this passage, I want us to see that these principles really can apply to any relationship that we have. Uh, these aren't just for parenting. These are principles for any discipling relationship that, uh, that we have. So we can learn from these things. So whether you're a parent, a grandparent, future parent, I want to encourage you today to be the best one that you can be. All right, well, let's look in this passage. Deuteronomy chapter 6, and uh, we'll begin reading here in verse number 4. All right, Deuteronomy 6 and verse 4. The Bible says this, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy might. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart. And thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, and shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, and when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. And thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thine head, and they shall be as frontlets between thine eyes. And thou shalt write them upon the post of thy house, and on thy gates. All right, let's pray as we get into this. Lord, we thank you for your word, and God, we pray that you would bless the reading of your word, as you already have. And uh, God, please help us. Help us as parents, grandparents, Lord, future parents that are here. Uh, Lord, anyone of us that are in a discipling relationship, God, I pray that you would speak to us in a very clear way, and that we would be obedient uh, to your word today. Lord, help us to be encouraged. And Lord, that's what I want to do today. I just want to help. And God, we're going to give some uh, good resources. And so I pray that, that, that people would take them and, and use them. And uh, God, help us to reach our community here with the gospel uh, through our homes. And uh, help us to be the, the kind of Christian parents and grandparents that we ought to be. And God, we'll thank you for all that you do. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, so again, in this, in this context, it can be applied in any relationship, but I want to talk about parenting and children. So first of all, number one, we see here that we are to repeat God's word to our children. All right, repeat God's word. 
to your children. And I use this word repeat in the active, ongoing sense. That we are to actively be engaged, actively, uh, continually repeating uh, God's word to our children. Now, the command to put God's word in our hearts, I believe, is both spiritual and literal. Okay, it's a spiritual command because in Ezekiel it says that one day God is going to write the law on our what? On our hearts. Okay, so here's the spiritual application, spiritual insight, but it's also a literal challenge, I believe, that we should memorize the word, we should meditate on the word, we should talk about the word with our kids. Now, you have to understand, in Jesus' day, they didn't have uh, really notepads, they didn't have their own copy of the Bible. So if a parent was to take on this responsibility to teach the words to their kids, uh, what did they have to do? They had to memorize the word, right? They had to study the word. They had to memorize it so that they could repeat it to their, uh, to their children. They had to hide the word of God in their heart. And the heart in the Old Testament is the mind in the New Testament, right? So it's not talking about the muscle of the heart, obviously. He's talking about the mind. We have to memorize the word, talk about the word. So my, ch- my challenge to parents is this. You should be talking about the Word in your home. Okay, This should be a very common thing in our Christian homes, that we should readily talk about the Word. We should read the Word of God with our kids. And it doesn't matter the age. Okay, uh, Even if the baby's in the womb. I've heard of people doing this. We didn't do this, but we probably should have. Uh, but I've heard of uh, even when a child is in the mother's womb, they would put headphones on. And, and the Word of God would be played to the children, okay? And anything special about that? Maybe not. Uh, you know, I don't know the science behind it. But the, the truth of the matter is the, these parents are taking it seriously, right? That we are going to give the Word to our children. And so, so read the Word to your kids. Look for divine moments. Look for God-given opportunities uh, to introduce the Word to your children. You should be doing this all of the time. Look at what the Bible says in verse 7. Teach them diligently. Okay, and I love this word because, uh, you know, you think of the word diligent, and that means you have to have a plan, right? This isn't just going to happen. We can't just be flippant about this. We can't just kind of say, well, you know, we take them to church and they hear the Bible taught. No, we have to be diligent. We have to work at it. We have to be intentional uh, about talking to them, talking to them when they sit in thine house, when thou walkest by the way, when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. So here we get this picture of really just all the time, right? That this should just be, uh, just flow out of us when we talk to our kids about the Lord. So how do we do this? Well, here are some things that we do as a family. And I want to caution uh, you just first by saying this, that this is what works for our family, okay? So I, I just say this um, to give you ideas, Okay. And uh, I, want, I want to say this, too, before I talk about what we do. We don't do this perfectly, okay? I don't want you to get the idea that, wow, they have it all together, and they are the example, and I don't, I don't want to come across that way. Because I want to say this as a way of encouragement. Like, we, we fail, okay, in many areas, and, and we don't do this 100%. But we at least have a plan. We're, we're trying, and, um, and we have some goals in mind for our kids. And so, so how, do we, how do we do this? Just here are some things that we do. Again, it may not work for you, but it may give you some ideas. Uh, Leslie and I, we, we uh, wake up at the same time uh, every morning. We set an alarm, and uh, we get up at the same time, 
and we go downstairs. She's a coffee drinker. I'm not. Okay, I hate coffee. I know, shoot me. Uh, so she fixes her coffee, and we sit down in the living room or at the kitchen table, and we, we have our time with the Lord. You know, we read the Bible. Uh, we do it, we're together, but we do it separately. Okay, we have our own thing that we're doing. But um, we do that for our own souls. Okay, obviously we need that. But I think a benefit of that is this. When our kids wake up and when they come down, what do they see? They see mom and dad reading the Bible and praying. And, and what that shows them is, man, this is important to them. You know, so it's just a little way to, uh, to, to you know, just get the word of God into your kids. Um, so, so we do that. We try to do that. Oftentimes, um, I'll fix breakfast um, and we'll put on worship music in the mornings. So literally, Landon's here, he'll tell you, uh, you can ask him after the service. Uh, many times when he wakes up, he'll either see us reading our Bibles or he'll wake up to the smell of bacon, okay, and worship music playing in the house. And uh, so I'm fixing breakfast and, and we're worshiping the Lord early in the morning. We, we have breakfast together. We try to do that as often as we can. We sit around the table and have breakfast together. Um, we begin our day in prayer. So we pray there at the table. And sometimes I'll do a little devotion with them. Uh, one thing that I like, and I don't recommend this uh, guy fully, okay, but um, this, this little thing is, is helpful and, and we kind of like it. It's uh, The Purpose Driven Life for Kids, okay, and it's by Rick Warren. And I have the Kindle app on my phone, and it's just a little devotional. So it's a little verse that you read and a little thing, and it, it's, just, it's just good for us. It, it produces a lot of good conversation. So we'll do that with them sometimes in the morning. And then uh, usually, you know, I go about my day, and they start their day. Of course, they're homeschooled. And so it's kind of easier for us than maybe most that would have a typical like nine to five job where you have to be somewhere. But this is what, this is what we do in the mornings. Um, we'll often talk about the Lord throughout the day, uh, many times. And again, you're just looking for opportunities. You know, if we have movie night and we love to have movie nights in our home and, um, and I'll say more about that later and with our resources, but, um, you know, sometimes we'll pause the movie and say, Hey, you know, did you, did you notice that? Like, let's talk about that. There's some biblical principles here to learn. Sometimes we'll do that, um, you know, on road trips or anytime we're in the car. We listen to worship music in the car. Uh, we listen to podcasts together sometimes as a family, audiobooks. Let me just go out on a limb here and say your kids probably aren't going to grow closer to the Lord by listening to talk radio or uh, secular music. So, again, this is just an intentional way. Hey, you have them trapped in the car. They can't get out, right? So... You can listen to podcasts, listen to good music. You can just use that as an opportunity to, again, one step further, like I'm trying to pour the Bible and the gospel into my kids. Um, We ask them what they're learning in their classes. Um, So today on our way home, we always do this. Hey, what what did you talk about in life group? What did you talk about in junior church? Uh, What was the lesson about? And so we try to engage our kids that way. Um, We look at discipline. This is a big one. We look at discipline as opportunities for discipleship. And so uh, any, anyone's kids ever get in trouble at home, act up, right? Ours do all the time, right? They do. They're little sinners, but uh, we all are. Um, so when we have discipline problems in the home, we don't just say, hey, you know, you're grounded, you know, get off the video games or, 
you know, you don't just mete out a punishment. No, we have conversations, right? We, and it takes work, okay? It takes work. Because it's easy, it's easy to just be reactive and go to your room. You know, you're in trouble. That's, that's what our flesh wants to do. But we have to work at this where, okay, let me, let me take five minutes. And I don't want to react in anger. I want to be, I want to do this on purpose. And so a lot of times we'll have conversations with our kids like, hey, where, where do you think this attitude came from? You know, why did you get so angry at your brother? Uh, where do you think that came from? And so we try to share the gospel with them and share scripture with them. So you look at discipline as, no, these are opportunities, God-given opportunities for discipleship. And so it's just an easy way uh, to do it. Um, always give them a why, okay? Um, they should know if you have rules in your home, uh, they should know why. Why do we have this rule? You know, hey, Dad, why can't I do this? Why can't I listen to this? Why can't I go here? Or, or why do we do this? You know, why do we do it this way? So you always give them a why. And because I said so isn't, isn't a good why, right? And sometimes I'm guilty of that. You know, why? Because I said so. That's why I'm your dad, you know. And that's not good. And so we want to make sure that we communicate with our kids. We communicate with each other about everything. Um, sometimes we'll have family meetings. We have a family calendar that I'll show you a little bit later that works for us, that we do. That way, everyone knows where we're going, what we're doing. Everyone's on the same page, and you just want to over-communicate. Because what happens is uh, you start to establish um, a routine. And I think when you have kids, a routine is so important to stay in a routine, to be in a routine. I mean, even you know when Landon was growing up, and he's probably hating them, I'm using him as so many examples, but when Landon was a baby, you know, we had a routine, okay? Hey, the baby needs to be fed, goes, takes a nap at these certain times. And we were very strict about that. Um, so a routine, establishing a routine early, and I think that's just good for them. So these are just a few ways, some simple ways uh, to talk to the Lord or to talk about the Lord with your kids. So maximize the time that you have with your kids, okay? Read the Word with them, meditate on it, and talk about the Word. So number one, repeat God's Word to your kids. Number two, um, display God's Word, okay? Display the Word of God before your children. Look here in our passage, verse 8. The Bible says, And thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thine hand, and they shall be as frontlets between thine eyes. And thou shalt write them upon the post of thy house and on thy gates. Now, the Jewish people read this, and they actually took this literally. Okay, you guys have ever heard of phylacteries? And I think we have a picture of one on the screen. If you can see it, there, this is what the Jews would use. Uh, they would actually put Scripture in these little boxes. And uh, the passage of Scripture that they would put in these boxes is this one right here, Deuteronomy 6. And so they would actually put them in the boxes. They would wrap them on their hands and they would wrap them around their head. So they took this literally, that they would bind them on their hand and bind them on their heads. Um, they took it a step further, and every doorpost in every home had this little thing here called a mezuzah. Uh, this is kind of the same thing as a phylactery. They would put Scripture in these boxes and actually put them on the post of their house. Okay, we do something equivalent in our home, and many of you do too, uh, we have scripture everywhere on our walls. Okay, if you go in our house, living room, bedrooms, I mean, we have scripture everywhere in our home. And, and here's the point of this. There's, there's nothing magical 
okay, about putting Scripture on your walls. Nothing magical about it at all. Uh, but I want my family to know that, hey, when, when you're in this home, we're under the authority of God's Word. Right? I mean, nothing special about it other than we, we are serious about our faith, about having a Christian home, and we are under the authority of God's Word. Uh, so it's a constant reminder to them, and really for me, but it's more than that, because what you realize is, you know, you can put Scripture on your hand, you can put Scripture on your head, you can put Scripture on your walls, but if Scripture isn't permeating your home, then it's, it's, it's worthless. So what do I mean? We have to actually, as parents, apply the Word to our home. We have to apply God's Word to our home. So uh, I would say this. We have to be so careful, and even more careful now, what we allow into our home. Um, there, are, there are rules that we have, and, and there are conversations that we've had with our kids that says, hey, we, we don't have this particular you know, streaming service or whatever. We don't have these things in our home because we want, we're trying to protect you. And there's a fine line, okay? You don't want your kids to live in a bubble. But, uh, but we want to honor the Lord in our home. And so we have to be really careful about what we allow into our homes. There has to be a point where we look at our homes as a sanctuary and say, you know what? I'm just not going to let that garbage in my house. I'm just not going to do it. Uh, and guys, the responsibility falls on you. All right, you're the man of the home. This is God's order. It has nothing to do with, you know, it's not demeaning women. It's just the order that God has placed. Uh, men are the head of the home. And uh, you need to monitor what comes in through the TV. You need to monitor what comes in through music and through other people. Uh, you need to ask yourselves, am I going to allow this into a home that's supposed to honor God? Um, we have to have those conversations with the Lord and with our families. Now, you know, something uh, interesting that we think of, you know, when we talk about parenting, um, we like to use this verse, and everyone quotes uh, this verse about parenting. It's Proverbs 22, 6, all right? And the Bible says this, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. And I know there are probably maybe some of you who are saying, you know, what gives? I mean, what, what's this about? Because I did what the Bible said. I mean, I trained my child this way, and, and you know, what's, what's happened? I mean, they, they, I took them to church. They're, now they're far from God. I did just what the Scripture said, and sometimes that does happen. But I want to teach you, and you guys, many of you know this, how to interpret Scripture, okay? When you're uh, studying the book of Proverbs, you have to ask, is Proverbs a book of promises that God's going to do, or is it a book of principles that we should live by? Okay, so what do you think? A, uh, promises that God will do, or B, principles to live by, which is it? B, right? I mean, it's, it's B. These are principles to live by. Um, and so what does this verse mean then? If you do this, okay, if I train up a child in the way he should go, and by the way, that's very specific, and sometimes we, we miss that, in the way he should go. Okay, so each child is different. And, and that takes work too. Uh, you know, I just think of our two boys. Uh, they couldn't be any more different. And so we um, learned very quick, didn't we? That, okay, we raised Landon for all these years. And, of course, you know, we adopted Cameron. And now he comes to our home. And we're trying 
to do with Cameron, everything that we did with Landon. And we learned real quick, like, what's, like, this doesn't work. Okay, this isn't working. So we had to step back and look at him as an individual and, and think, okay, how, how do we train this person? Okay, and so train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he won't depart from it. So what does this mean? Uh, if you do this, the likelihood of your kids not straying as adults is high. Okay, and the opposite would be true. Train a child up in his own way, all right, and the likelihood of them straying is great. And what does that mean? You just let them do what they want. Let, you know, let her do what she wants. You know, just don't be a parent, be a friend, you know, just kind of be hands off. And the likelihood of them falling away when they're old in age is great. Charles Spurgeon said this, I love this. He said, train up a child in the way he should go, but be sure to go that way yourself. And that's, that's key, right? That we have to model this for our children. Um, and and we'll, we'll talk about that in a second. But uh, here's what I want you to get. Here's the principle about parenting. Uh, your children will rise to the level of your priorities. Okay, your children are going to rise to the level of your priorities. Um, they're very impressionable, and so they're going to do really what you do. Um, whatever's important to you now is going to be important to them later, right? Your kids watch you, and they do. They, they watch us like hawks. Uh, the reason your kids are going to leave church for the lake later is because you did today, right? And just an example, um, the reason your kids are going to minimize Wednesday nights during the week is because you minimize Wednesday night Bible study during the week. Um, I, I love this. I don't know who said it, but uh, they said parents that treat the church as optional shouldn't be surprised when their children treat Jesus as unnecessary. That's a powerful statement. Uh, when you miss church and miss gathering with the people of God now, when you have kids, they're going to maximize that when they're adults, right? They're going to rise to that level of your priorities. So the question is, what, what's a priority for you? You know, what, what are our priorities? I'm not saying we can't uh, go on vacation. I'm not saying we can't, you know, be involved in sports. But what you do is, is when you do these things, we, we don't need to compartmentalize them. Because I think we're guilty of that a lot of times, where we have like our Christian life and then our other life. And so we need to be careful not to do that. So when you go and play sports, uh, our boys have been involved in sports. Um, that's fine and that's great. But we want to show them that, hey, you know, this, this could be an opportunity for God to give you a platform for his glory. And, you know, so many good lessons are taught in sports. Man, we, you're, you're involved on a team. You're involved in a community. God created us for a community. And we're supposed to work together as a team. So any way that you can connect you know, spiritual with secular, and, and uh, that's, that's, always, that's always helpful. When you go on vacation with your family, uh, what do you do? Uh, we sit around and, and, and say things to them like, man, isn't God so good to give good gifts to those who love him? I mean, God has given us this opportunity to get away and just to enjoy ourselves and our family. And so, again, it's just another way to where these shouldn't be separate. We can actually bring the gospel in and, and bring the word of God in and connect the two. Um, here, here's the problem with priorities. You think it's small now, but it's really a big deal later. And uh, it, it can really get out of hand. So uh, what, if, what if we as parents 
put as much energy as we do in activities with our kids now into the like spiritual things. You know, just to be really intentional about that, to give them spiritual things. And you say, well, what do you mean? Uh, well, uh, you know, there are people who uh, will break their necks to get kids to a practice three days a week for school, but uh, they miss Sunday night youth service and don't blink an eye. Um, there are people who are setting their kids up financially by investing in a college fund today, but they're going to be spiritually bankrupt because you didn't put the time in to really be intentional about discipling uh, your kids. There, there, there are people who, um, uh, who plan for months and months. They spend money on vacations uh, for relaxation, but then they turn a blind eye to summer camp, which is going to turn into transformation for your kids. See, they don't make it a priority. Uh, some parents will sit at the table doing homework with their kids for hours, but they won't spend five minutes reading the Bible to them. Uh, some will spend hundreds of dollars to make a memory at prom, but complain about spending money for a winter retreat. And uh, I don't have anyone in mind. I really don't. I don't have anyone in mind when I say that. I just say it because I know it's a very real uh, temptation because these are things that I think about. Uh, you know, what is important? What is the priority in my family? And so we have to think about these as, as parents. I want to challenge us to look at our child's spiritual life as really superior to their athletic life, their drama life, their dating life, whatever. So what could, what could God do in our families if we live this way? So how do, we, how do we implement this in our life today? I want to give you two things, and then uh, I'm going to share some resources with you, and we'll be done, okay? Uh, two things. Number one, I want you to become regular in reading the Bible and worshiping with your family. Okay, you become regular in worshiping with your family. So what does that mean? You read the Bible together. Okay, you sing together. You pray together. You have gospel conversations together. Uh, there are two independent studies that uh, were done that support the same thing. And uh, both have said that the number one spiritual discipline for our kids, okay, if we can get them to do this one thing, it's just head and shoulders above everything else. If we can get them to do this one thing, and this is it, Bible engagement. Okay, Bible engagement, spiritual discipline of just being engaged with the Bible. So parents, I would say, you know, a win for you, a win for you would be uh, when your kids go off to college, do they have a Bible in their hand that they're going to read daily? If that's the case, I would say that's a win because I believe that if you are engaging with the Bible on a daily basis, every other spiritual discipline really tends to take care of itself. And so we have to get them in the Word. We have to get them to love the, the, the Word. Uh, our goal here at, at Friendship is not to complete the, the disciple-making process for your, for your family. Um, that's not our job. And, you know, if people come here and think, you know, I'm just going to drop my kids off, and I'm going to let you disciple them, and then we'll pick them up, that's not what we're going to do here. That's not what we want to do. Uh, we want to complement your already intentional discipleship at home. Okay, so we want to come alongside you parents and dads uh, to, to be the priest, really, of your home so that you can lead your home. That's, that's, what, uh, that's what they did in the Jewish culture. The dad was the priest of the home, right? So the, the, the dad taught the word to the kids. The dad retold the Passover story every year. The dad led them 
to all these festivals. The dad prayed with them. And you know what? In the Jewish culture, the dad was the hero. The, the, the kids, dad was their hero. If you were to ask a little Jewish boy or girl who their hero was, it wasn't uh, LeBron James. It wasn't Mr. Beast. It wasn't Captain America. Uh, it was dad. You know, that's my hero. And so that's a, that's a challenge for me, you know, to, to man. Am I a hero to my kids? And I want to be. I want to be the right kind of hero. And so uh, we need more men who will just stand up and man up. And, uh, you know, I think our wives are waiting for us to do that, men. Our wives are waiting for us to lead our homes. And uh, we, we need to be really, really intentional about this. So uh, lead worship in our homes, guys. Lead a time of gathering in your home. And, uh, you, and again, I don't want to discourage you. You may be s- sitting here thinking, man, my kids are grown and they're gone. They're out of the house and I didn't do this. That's okay, okay? Learn from the past. Okay, let's fix the present, okay? We have grandkids coming, whatever. Let's, let's be intentional about making disciples, okay, with our kids. Um, you know, uh, number two, okay, so number one, become regular in leading worship, okay, in your home. Number two, commit yourself to God completely. Uh, commit yourself to God completely. And here's what I know just by you being here. Just by you being here tells me, that uh, you're trying to make a difference. You know, you want to make a difference. Um, Do we make the right choices all the time? No. Do we mess up? All the time. You know, one of the hardest things, I don't know why, I've thought about this so much, one of the hardest things for me to do as a parent is to apologize to my kids. And I think it's because pride, for one. And one, like, dad's supposed to be super dad. You know, I'm supposed to have it all figured out, but man, it's hard for me to go to my kids and say, you know what? I'm sorry. I shouldn't have done that. Shouldn't have said that, you know, I had the wrong tone of voice, but man, is that so good for our kids to hear? It is so good for our kids to hear that, Hey, we're not, we don't have it all together. We, we need forgiveness too. And so, uh, uh, you know, I believe, I believe we all want to do the right thing, but the problem with some of us is, we're trying to, to say the right thing, but we shoot ourselves in the foot all the time. And you say, what do you mean? Some of you are telling your kids, don't do bad things. You know, go to church, read your Bible, man, pray when things get tough. But then they look at you and they don't see you doing it. And that's, that's a disconnect. That, that's a problem. Uh, so again, just like this quote says, train up a child in the way he should go, but be sure to go that way yourself. All right, so if we're going to tell our kids, hey, you need to be in the Word. You need to have, you need to have a time alone with the Lord, daily, meaningful, unhurried. They need to see us doing that, right? It needs to, it needs to match up. Um, we can explain what it means to follow God. We can talk about the benefits of Christianity. We can talk about the joy of serving the Lord. But if our kids don't see it in us... Um, Man, it's so hard for them to give good works to God and to glorify God. And so we have to go that way ourselves. So some of you parents, grandparents, you may be saying, man, that's us. That's really our home. And, and you've, you've just hit it today. And, I mean, our job as parents, it's to lead. It's to, it's to disciple. It's to parent. It's to impact. But it starts with you. It starts with you being what you should be. Okay, you got to do it. So let your kids see God in you. So some of you may be saying, 
you know what? I need to repent. I need to repent. Um, I have not been intentional about making disciples my home. I haven't been reading my Bible with the, with the kids, with the grandkids. I haven't um, I haven't looked for opportunities to have gospel conversations. Um, maybe you need to to ask God for forgiveness and say, you know what? Today I'm going to make a decision. I'm going to repent of that, and with God's help, I'm going to be the best dad or mom that I can be. I'm going to be intentional about it with my kids. Maybe um, some of you need to be saved. I don't know. Maybe you say, you know, we don't have a Christian home because I'm not a Christian at all. And maybe you don't know the Lord is your savior. Uh, you've never repented of your sin. You never trusted him by faith. Then uh, obviously, you know, I would encourage you to, man, get that settled today. Uh, you can come talk to me or someone maybe that brought you. You can talk to us after the service. And we'd love to, to, to talk to you more about that. Um, so I want to I want to just end this time by praying for you. So if I could have every head bowed, every eye closed, and um, maybe just no one looking.